When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. When it comes to having the best in class, from coaches to management to, believe it or not, like shower heads, right? Uh, it's the smallest little details that make the biggest difference. It's the food in the clubhouse, right? It's the bus they travel in. It's the plane they travel in. Um, and all these little things, we have an opportunity. If you collect all small things, they become really big things. The medical department, right? We, we want to be best in class at all. In, in order to do that, that's going to take a lot of time. But we want to really be long-term greedy, not short-term greedy. There he is. Alex Rodriguez. Get used to it. It is weird. It Strange. is weird. I don't like it. I went to Mark. I was looking up some Mark Laurie stuff for, uh, for this core values-centric episode of Mackie and Judd today. We're going to we're going to go through and give the Wolves core values today because that's what Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez yeah, Mark Laurie's trying to do that right yeah. now. And I went to uh I went to Alex Rodriguez social media pages. He's like in the Wolves Declan sent me this. He's in the Wolves practice facility yesterday just jacking up threes in a Wolves you know sweatshirt and stuff. <laughs> Mark Laurie has his has his LinkedIn banner changed to Wolves and Lynx branding. And so it is uh it is bizarre. It is a new era. This is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. We just want titles. And as strange as that sounds to say when talking about the Timberwolves, maybe the core values that we instill on today's show will push them in that direction. What do you guys think? A-Rod jacking up threes. I didn't see that. I'd, Dude, I'd he's like got a to nice shot. Yeah, I'm sure he, he does. does. Good athlete. I mean, he was a good, great athlete, but... Uh, I, I do think the one thing, though, so the showerhead thing on the surface is funny because it's him. Was that like, a Ted Lasso reference? I have not seen the show Ted Lasso, but people are saying that oh, was that it? was a Ted it's, Lasso I'm reference. I'm like the only it American to not watch that show, I feel like. so. I, it's on my list. But I've heard great things about it. Oh, I have well, not us three have it. Yet. Sweet. All right. Cool. No, all three of us have it. But I, I want to watch it. Yeah. But but I will say, I think part I think part of the philosophy he's talking about also comes from at least dating back to when uh, Mark Cuban fought the Mavs. Because if you recall, like he was big on players being comfortable, and I think he put at the time, I'm not joking, DVD players in their lockers. And <laughs> that's what the wolves are going to. The wolves are so far behind <laughs> yeah. that they're like, all right, yeah. guys, you know what? All right, we're gonna... <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Here's Transformers one of you, on DVD. Every one of you gets a Walkman and a Sega Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I pretty pretty soon, PlayStation Two is going to yeah. come out. It's gonna, all right, so wait till you see the PSP. Gonna... It's handheld. It's just pretty great. Yep. Okay, everybody for Christmas, beta machine. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Merry Christmas and an eight track. 
So, so Mark Laurie talks very frequently about core values, not only when he's talking about the Timberwolves. And it's, it, you can't help when you listen to A-Rod and Laurie and everything they say in terms of here's what we're going to do or here's what's missing. I can't help but connect the dots and be like, wait, Glenn Taylor's been the owner for 25 years and they haven't defined their core values as a company? I mean, like every credible company has a mission statement and core values that they try to hire and live by. And apparently that's missing still uh, with the Timberwolves. And then Alex Rodriguez talking about like, you know, showerhead and medical and the you know best in class. I'm thinking, all right, so he hates the medical staff. He thinks the, you know, the practice facility is a dump, even though they just built it. Took a shower uh, there, didn't like it. Yeah, right. God, the water be- pressure here sucks. <laughs> What's going what on? Hell? Um, but, but Mark Laurie frequently talks about defining what you want your company culture to be. And uh, according to a recent Pioneer Press uh, profile on him this summer, the core values Laurie established at – so he has, he has built multiple startups and has sold two of them, one to Walmart for $3.3 billion about five years ago. And then he sold – that was Jet.com. And then he sold Diapers.com to Amazon uh, before that. So he's like for billions. Um, so his core values at Jet.com, which sold, again, for $3.3 billion to Walmart, fairness, trust, and transparency – and you'll see a lot of other companies. I actually have a list of some of them here that are, that go much further in depth. But fairness, trust, and transparency. Uh, Amazon is guided by four principles. Customer obsession rather than competitor focus. Passion for invention. Commitment to operational excellence. And long-term thinking. It makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, Amazon has become this behemoth. Uh, I actually found Apple's original core values back in like the early 80s, but I'm going to present to you their current core values, which are we believe that we are on the face of the earth to make great products. We believe in simple, not complex. We believe we need to own and control technology, and we believe in saying no to thousands of products or, or projects so we can really focus on the few projects that are truly important. And then Bill Belichick with the Patriots for his core values, he preaches three P's, passionate people, preparation, and performance. So Amazon, Apple, New England Patriots, that's the framework for those great American companies. Mm-hmm. I think we should go through the exercise of giving the Wolves core values. That's what these guys are going to do. I'm sure they're sitting in a room you know, scratching out different ideas. At some point, maybe it'll be plastered on the wall inside oh, you know, the you practice facility. Be, you better believe it will be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I've got three core values. I don't know if you guys have actually gone through and like put together core values, but I have three core values for the Timberwolves. Okay. Do you want them? And you, would you like them? Yes. 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 Let, okay. I've got okay. a couple, but I'd like to hear these. So okay. We'll play off these. So number one, my number one core value for the Timberwolves is 10 years of ant and cat together. All right? Plaster it. I want a 10, and I guess technically they already have one under their belt. Yeah. So let's let's get at least nine more years. <laughs> KG never had a long-term sidekick. Uh, Kevin Love was, you know, a borderline star, and he got burnt out by David Kahn. It's like every time they've had any sort of semblance of a potential great player or a Hall of Fame player in KG, they've been unable to support that player with the right, infrastructure coaches, and most importantly, a sidekick. Mm-hmm. You thought Stefan Marbury was going to be like a, a 10-year pairing, KG and Marbury, and then he went bonkers and 
uh, demanded a trade. So 10 years of ant and cat. Whatever you have to do to develop ant, to make cat happy, to put the right coach. Maybe it's Chris Finch in place, the right role players. Right. Let's let's have a decade-long Batman-Robin pairing here of ant and cat. And in a broader perspective, I think that's also, if you widen it outside of just two players, that's also a, the value of identifying your most important assets and building around them as, as opposed to, let's see, what did Glenn do? Alienated them at times. Um, yeah. So, so if you identify, if you identify, and that this pr- probably is true for like, you know, your team on the court, the business side as well, right? Who are your most important assets? Who are your star employees, which can be players as well, and then to actually maintain the relationship, keep them happy, and get the most production that you possibly can. As opposed to go go to them and say, you know, we're just going to trade you to Boston and then rip you on the way out the door. So, yeah. yeah. And the the other thing, too, about keeping players happy, I feel like how that's defined when it comes to the Timberwolves is different than how it's defined elsewhere. Winning keeps players happy, largely. If you're paying them market value and they're, and they're part of a winning team and a winning culture, mm-hmm. you know, some guys are still going to want out or, you know, there's, you know, it's not foolproof. But, like, with the Timberwolves, we think, oh, uh, well, Cat likes Ryan Saunders, and so let's have, let's have Ryan Saunders. You know, five years before he's ready to be a head coach, let's just put right. him in there because Cat likes him. He won't leave, right? You know, oh, D'Lo, let's you know, well, and I and I, I like D'Lo, but like, well, Cat likes D'Lo. Let's trade for his friend, right? Yeah. the The maddening thing about the Wolves is they always are, in some way, shape, or form, trying to put a piece of chewing gum on the problem. So it's like, here's the quick fix. And, like, that's not how companies should run. Like, you should have uh, values and goals and the ability to project what's coming next. But instead, they're they're like, well, well, Cat's sort of pissed off now and the Tibbs thing didn't work at all. What should we do? Ryan Saunders, we'll, we'll put some chewing gum here. Yeah. And now we're going to go get D-Lo, more chewing gum, as opposed to what's actually going to make this entire franchise as productive as possible, which is going to make Cat happy. Yeah. All right. So 10 years of ant and cat is my number one core value. Let's let's make this one of the best player combos in the NBA. Number two, if the Bucks can win a title, so can we. All right. For years and years. Yes. If the if the Bucks can win a title, so (laughs) can can we. we. Why not us? It's five hours right across the, the Midwest, the Mississippi, you know, you got to find your Giannis, and you got to find your your Middleton, and a bunch of great role players. So you you can't you can't just flip a switch. But you know, for years and years, the thought has been unless you're one of the big coastal cities yep. like Miami or uh, L.A. or well, New York has been god awful at basketball for a long time. But like you got to be in one of these big markets, right? Well, that's not necessarily true. San Antonio built a twenty year near dynasty. You know, it's. Uh, there's other teams that have been like Portland's not a championship contender, but Portland's been mm-hmm. a relevant, rock solid team with Damian Lillard. So, um, but the Bucks have taken it to the Bucks have sort of broken a glass ceiling here that most people thought a Midwest team never really could outside of Detroit, I guess. Um, so, who's your Giannis? Maybe maybe Ant is sort of the like by who's your Giannis? I mean, who is your bona fide top five player Giannis? MVP? 
and and maybe Ant can be that. Maybe Cat has another level to his game, and then you got to find your you know your role players. But the Bucks should be giving the Timberwolves some belief here. If they can win a championship in a Midwestern cold city that's not super attractive to free agents, they've shown you that you can still build a great team uh, that can slay some of the uh, the more noteworthy giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Bucks also, if I'm not mistaken, the Bucks have been sold within what the last five years. Something like that. New and, arena too. And there was a sim but yeah, exactly. So there was a very similar parallel, uh, potentially in what the Wolves are going to go through and what the Bucks have gone through. And yeah, if you make yourself and what do the Bucks do too? Both from an on court and business standpoint, they they went from being this, oh, it's the Bucks, you know, they're gonna get in the playoffs and then they're gonna lose or they're not gonna make the playoffs. They graduated from that step to making themselves a happening thing in the town, which is incredibly important. Yeah. Um. And, and that's both from a basketball side and business side, because the other thing that we probably don't talk about enough because the wolves on the court are just so feeble and awful. We probably don't talk about the fact that business wise, I don't think this team's gotten it right in years, partially because they're bad, but also it's part- really hard to make that a, f- right. a fun, attractive, marketable product. Right. Yeah. But, al- but also, have they really maximized the ability to market what they can? They sort of try, but I feel like there's so many more ideas that that are probably beyond my pay grade, but you've got Ant, you've got Cat, like like you should be setting the foundation of making this the cool thing, and th- and then if it takes off, you're in great shape. And it just feels like it just feels like the permeation of woe is me always outweighs everything else. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Ant, that's too bad because he's a fun kid. He gets it. He's not like I get the whole Cat thing, you know, Cat the victim, and people get tired of that. But there's Ant's never done a thing that I don't say, that's pretty cool. Yep. This could be the year. I mean, if, if Ant takes a leap, if he plays like he did in the second half of last season and then either sustains it or adds to it, they're going to win games. Like, they're they're going to flirt with the playoffs, if not make the playoffs, and then it'll be easier to have fun with marketing. But you got to get past this initial uncomfortable well, train wreck here that, that's happening before the as season. As a guy starts. who's gone to games, may I say when your most exciting marketing standpoint thing is, who wants a T-shirt from a T-shirt <laughs> cannon? I could help you on that. Like that can't be that can't the first quarter break. That can't be your okay. All right, what, everybody. What do we got up our sleeve? The Wolves are down by forty going into the fourth. But who wants well, a free T-shirt? And you know, bellowing PA people um, on the sideline doing that and stuff like that's really really cool. When I was twenty-five, Wolves in six. If the Bucks I and mean, six, Wolves and six, baby, I'm for it. Wolves six, man. Fear the deer is a great slogan. That's a great too. one, too. Fear, Fear the, the deer. deer is great. Yeah. Get rid of the damn T-shirts. That's my slogan. All right. I don't know. I like the free T-shirts. Okay. I don't think they have to go. Just win more games. <laughs> All right. So so 10 years of Ant and Cat. If the okay. Bucks can win a title, so can we. And then my third core value yep. is, quite simply, if you can't shoot, we won't draft you. Jarrett Culver, Chris Dunn. Josh Akogi. Oh. They also drafted that seven footer. Is it Justin something or another? That was a that was a Tom Thibodeau draft pick. He never played a game with the Wolves. Like if you can't shoot all oh, the Bulls traffic, yeah. We right. won't draft you. I like it. I don't care what your athletic prowess is. Like there might be some exceptions here. You know, yeah. if you if you're an elite defender or something, and Okogi yeah. is a fine defender, but if you if we can't put you out there and if you can't stand in the corner and knock down a three at like a thirty eight percent clip, then you have no business being on the court mm-hmm. for a team that aspires to do damage in the playoffs in two thousand twenty one. So, 
Stop drafting players that can't shoot. So 10 years of, of Ant and Cat. If the Bucks can win a title, so can we. So raise your expectations. And if you can't shoot, we won't draft you. Those are my three core I like I love them. If you can't so when shoot. you walk in, when you walk in, yeah. you see if you can't shoot. Why can't we be the Bucks? <laughs> um, so here's the one. Here's the most important thing I think that that Laurie can actually establish immediately because there doesn't basketball wise. It might take. It's going to take some time, and you're, you're going to definitely have to get the right people in place. And you know, those people might not exist right now in the building. They might eventually. But the thing that Laurie can control from day one and the thing that this franchise has completely lacked the entire time under Glenn Taylor, my number one core value for this entire franchise, business and basketball, foresight for what's coming, not what's popular, not what's popular now, not what did we do five years ago, not what did Glenn do with his paper company in Mankato circa 1976, because do you remember the how cool that all was? What? is coming around the corner and i mean and and i'm sure that that um the new group has done this but this is where you can go to school on guys like mark cuban mark cuban bought the mavs and basically said what can i do to improve it and what's coming next just as far as the franchise running stability wise because if i recall correctly the mavs were a mess like the mavs were in disarray and mark cuban came in and and yes he put you know he redid the locker room he put in new showers. He made players comfortable. I mean, player comfort is, is so important now. It's so important. And, I mean, again, the Wolves, you know, the Wolves redid their locker room, but it's still, you know, probably 25th in the league, right? I just think foresight in every way possible, including ten, including trends in the game. Like, it feels like the Wolves have been like, oh, okay, the Rockets have had some success. We got to do what the Rockets are doing. But is that but is that what's coming? And is, is that going to differ? Because I'd rather that you have people who are ahead of the curve as opposed to we gotta go get a guy. I, I mean, you think about this, you guys. Derek Falvey, right? Derek Falvey, Cleveland's got pitching. We gotta go get the guy from Cleveland. Gerson Rosas. He knows the secrets in Houston. Yeah, they shoot a lot of threes in Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy, let's, how let's, can we <laughs> let's get him and shoot some threes and draft Jarrett Culver? It'll be great. But but friend of the show, Lori's Lori's background. If you look, Phil, in in the things that you ran through at the outset of this segment, is foresight of things, it's and then all, he sells it's them all foresight, like, and, and then he spins them. Yeah, but but that's what he's I literally want. building a city of the future. Yes, and what's your whole thing that and th- this and has, he's going to move the wolves there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> The wolves are moving where? Pluto. Saturn, yeah. <laughs> They're going to play on Pluto. Neptune. It's yeah. going to be, be unbelievable. Um, but, Phil, our conversations to date back to when things have not gone right with the Twins, our conversations have been, and I, I think your words are, Jim Polad, the, the biggest strike there, it's not, not spending, it's curiosity. Well, if Jim Polad's not curious, my God, where does uh, Glenn Taylor rank? Glenn, I think. I think both Jim and Glenn are terrible professional sports owners in their own right. And Jim, it's more because he's this like sort of uncurious, passive kind of bystander. Like he's not, he's not an innovative guy. I mean, he inherited family money, right? I mean, not to say that he isn't smart or that he doesn't run businesses, but you know, he's not, he's not Mr. Dynamic, you know, bringing a great culture. Like, 
the people he's hired have like Terry Ryan was great for a long time, and I think uh, Falvey and Levine were pretty rock solid for a few years, and now it's time to produce some pitching. But Glenn has been. It's so weird because Glenn cares and he sits courtside in his little sweaters and it's obvious that he's super passionate about the Timberwolves and the Lynx. But he's also kind of an absentee owner. Like he's he's certainly not active in creating this great set of core values and a culture and a mission. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't whiff so often. He'd know exactly what he's looking for, for who to hire instead of having to use, you know, David Stern and a search firm for all those years. Um, and then, and so he winds up whiffing on some of these hires, but I don't know that I'd want him being super active either. I just want him gone right now. You do, but I, but, but you know, circa 2000, it would have been nice for, for him to evolve a bit and, and, and hire people who said, here's what's coming, Glenn basketball wise. Here's where the game is going. Like when's the last time the Wolves? Well, David Kahn thought he knew exactly Johnny the... Flynn, baby. That's yes, where the game's going. Exactly. <laughs> but but I mean everything is such a mess because this franchise has always been trying to play catch up and at times they've been trying to do it with really bad basketball people. Yep. So at the, the very least Mark Laurie should bring a ton of foresight. Well, it remains to be seen if he's, you know, going to be a great culture builder and hire of people and stuff. But it's going to be hard to find a potential, you know, owner of the Timberwolves or any other franchise that's got more foresight and vision than a guy who's literally building a city of the future. Uh, I don't know. So, all right, any other core values before we move on to write that down? I mean, and this is just not just for the Wolves. I think it goes, like, well beyond um, any for any company or just relationships in general, but just, like, open communication, communicating and knowing who who's working for you. Uh, the fact that Glenn Taylor basically couldn't pick Gupta out of a police line, as Doogie elegantly said... Yesterday? Let's actually talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> How do you dude, not know that person? That's amazing. It's not shocking at all. And I don't want to just devolve this into another Glenn Taylor rip session. We have literally hours of that that you can find the last couple of weeks on Maggie and Judd. But isn't it amazing? The second guy in line in that front office, who then was deemed like qualified enough to take over the reins without any job, without any search for his job. That we've we've gone from Glenn doesn't know who this dude is in the hallway, and I trust Doogie's reporting on that. He's not just making that up. All right, you can find the full scoop session yesterday on Mackie and Judd, bonus episode. We went from Glenn has no idea who this guy is to he's now running the show and might make a Ben Simmons trade. So either Mark Laurie drove that decision, which I think is very possible, or Glenn is just like ah oh, whatever, just. <laughs> Just oh, we don't want to we don't want to deal with a search on the eve before the regular season. So uh, that guy over there, who has the the guy with the beard, who built the trade machine, yeah, you you're running the the Timberwolves now. I'm not quite so sure that that the inappropriate office relationship that Gerson had. I'm not quite sure that if Glenn is just still in charge and, and there's no um, there's no slow transition going on that Gerson gets fired. Yeah, Lori, I think Lori blew the whistle yeah. here. Like and from I an think, ownership, but line. I think Glenn would have called in Gerson and been like, "We can't have this. This isn't good." Yeah. But I don't think he fires him. And so I think you're right. I, I think Lori found out about this, went to Glenn and said, "We got to make a change here," which, which is fine, actually good. And that Glenn said, "Oh, okay." And so that, and that, and then Glenn probably said, "But who's going to replace him?" Actually, I want to, I want to add, I'm going to add some of my own insighting here. 
if you guys will have me. Oh, oh I'm going to give you guys a little inside information. Oh, okay. Wow. I know that I know that I usually leave the the big the capital yeah. J journalism reporting to the John Krasinski's and the Doogies of the world. Um, I was I was talking to a couple people inside the organization on Saturday this last weekend, and a lot of the stuff that I was told has been reported. So like I would say 80% of the things I was told was sort of reinforced through Johnny K's reporting and whatnot. But I asked this person who was very involved in the process to hire Gerson Rosas. And by the way, all of the people involved just sort of feel like a little shell-shocked and God. But I said, when did you know that things weren't right? Like he was here for two, two years and like three months or whatever it was. And he received rave reviews in his interview process, and it was unanimous across the board. Yep, this is the guy. The interview process, home run, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. At what point did you guys sort of feel like, ooh, I don't know about this guy? And uh, this person's answer was, within a couple months, they knew that he wasn't the guy that they interviewed. And then they had to decide, okay, so... Well, that sucks. He's he's a different person and leader than the one that portrayed himself in the interview process. Is it still workable? Can he st- that you know that doesn't have to be a deal breaker. Is he still capable of doing his job, running the front office, making the necessary trades? You know, and he and he did do some really good things, turning the roster over, getting rid of the Andrew Wiggins contract, and you know the the roster is undeniably better right now than it was two years ago. You know, between like when Jimmy Butler was traded and then what with what Gerson was left with. Mm-hmm. But they had to decide a couple months in and they're like, Oh my God, he's he is hard he's not the same guy, he's hard to get along with, he's just different than we thought he was when we put him through this interview process. Uh and so from that point it was another probably year and a half to two years before he actually got let go. I don't know how in tune Glenn was with any of that. Because I don't think he's I don't think he's a very active owner anymore. So Lori comes in, and as it was put to me, Lori in particular, but Lori and Arod have been very active over the last three months. One-on-one conversations with employees, and that's how a lot of this got expedited. And so my educated guess here in speculation, I don't have this on you know ironclad authority, is that Lori's spidey senses went up. A guy who's been involved with Amazon, Walmart, like he's hired CEOs and, yep. you know, he knows what a, in his mind, what a great effective leader looks like and how that person interacts with the people that work for him or her. Right. And in his one-on-one conversations with people behind the scenes, I think a theme started to emerge and then he brought it to Glenn and then this got expedited. Um, but that's, as it was put to me, that's sort of the timetable of, how this played out over the last couple of years. Interesting. Well, and I, I also, and th- this would actually apply to uh, the Paul Fenton thing with the wild as well. You know, the guy that has the GM job in hockey or, or the uh, Pobo in basketball is the most important person probably in your building. Who's not a player. And, you know, the wolves way of trying to find that that guy has been, Oh, let's try a search committee now. Okay. No, that didn't work. Let's try nine employees that I like and take to lunch. Sometimes I think if, if you own a team, it's incumbent upon you to put together a system from day one for identifying people and not just be like, okay, I like the guy who sells tickets. You're on the, you're 
good going to talk to Gerson and the guy who is the um, head usher. Great. He's going to talk to Gerson. You need to put together an, an idea, a strategy long before you actually have to talk to people about how you're going to find people. And the problem now, Phil, and this is true for, for guys going into the football draft. It's true for basketball employees like Gerson. They take classes. They're prepped on how to approach the process to fool yeah. you. So you need to have in place a person or people who are fully aware of how to read that, how to go through that, how to how to make a decision to hire the most important person, in, you know, or one of them in your franchise. Yeah. Don't you? Yes. Yes. And and I, here's another one, too. If you get a chance. I'm going to I found this article here. I was looking for it before the show. Um Mark Laurie actually wrote an article for LinkedIn on May 8th of 2018, and it's entitled The Six Traits I Look For When I'm Hiring, and he, and he talks yeah. about like his, his, his history of hiring people. I've heard him on a couple podcasts talk about this too, but what I was going to say is, and I'll, I'll send this out on social media so people, I'll send this out on Twitter or something or share it on LinkedIn, but um, Mark Laurie isn't going to bat 1,000% hiring. He's probably whiffed on a bunch of hires in his career. But when it comes to big companies, corporations, like big public jobs, right? Mark Laurie, I think, has more experience hiring like C-level people or president of, you know, in this case, he's never hired a president of basketball operations, obviously. But I would trust Mark Laurie's instinct in vetting out those important hires much, 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 much more than whatever Glenn Taylor's convoluted and chaotic process has been over 25 years yep agree completely so um a shout out to our friends at federated federated has been around for over 100 years you want to talk about great culture and leadership and you know you thrive at that level for 100 plus years helping business owners you can learn a thing or two from federated about risk management bottom line protection protecting your employees um all kinds of tools resources and people at federatedinsurance.com and remember at federated it's our business to protect yours. So, all right. So th- those are the core values that we want the Timberwolves, Wolves to in six, install Wolves in, in six. Why, why can't we Wolves be the Bucks? In six. <laughs> Happen. Uh, ten years of Ant and Cat. That's all I want. Just ten years of Ant and Cat. All right. Write that down. Predictions and an accountability session coming up here on Mackie and Judd. Yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. You know, boys, earlier in the show, we told you about Mark Laurie's core values for jet.com which he sold to walmart for 3.3 billion dollars in 2016 Mm -hmm. this new wolves owner and his core values are fairness trust and transparency and i think those three core values really sum up write that down over the years we're all about fairness okay all about the rules and the structure yeah for the most part Declan feels like he gets screwed, but it's all well, that, that one's that's a little bit of a gray area in that one. But yeah, oh, keep going, keep going. Even I've bent the rules, yeah, but yeah, yeah keep going. Yeah, keep going. We're all about trust, trust in the system and the process. That this is how you uh, present your bad takes to the audience. All right, okay. listen, yeah. you can trust us. We're going to shine a light when we're wrong. Okay, 
and transparency. Mm-hmm. This is really like this is the most transparent segment in all of sports talking headdom. So I don't know what this more you true. want. Fairness, true. trust, and transparency. I think fairness probably needs to be tweaked, but the last two you've nailed. What are you guys complaining about? You guys, you feel like the system's been no, unfair I'm to you? I, you hit 400 every year. No, for I'm God's saying sake. I haven't been fair myself at times. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm saying that I've <laughs> twisted and bent the rules for you. to do whatever I need to do to win. <laughs> okay. Ethics aren't my thing when it comes to write that down, okay? <laughs> when it comes ethics to write that aren't down. my thing. That's my okay. core That's my Business core value for my economy. Ethics. ethics aren't my thing. And Business by the way, ethics. we just hired Gerson Rosas here at the Zolgad Inc. Oh, Hi, Gerson. Friend of the show. Ethics All right, here's how, here's how write that down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners, if you guys want to be like Dylan, who's going to join us here in a couple minutes, if you want to participate, you can either slide into Declan's DMs on Twitter or Instagram, Declan Goff, mm-hmm. or you can send us a message through the Score North app. We've been getting a ton of feedback messages through the Score North app, and we're going to start to incorporate them on Feedback Friday, um, the Friday episode of Mackie and Judd. So be sure to uh, check those out. We'll get we'll respond to, to some of your questions on that. Episode. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, let's get to the accountability session first here, presented by our friends at PXG Minneapolis. Fall golf season is just the absolute best. we got like two more months of golf here for those of you who partake. And PXG Minneapolis has some of the best clubs, equipment, apparel. It's a golfer's paradise. It's a mecca. And you can find it inside Southdale Center, or visit pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Oh, man. It was, it, was, right. it was 45 degrees teeing off last Saturday. Oh, Just ideal. I did have to keep, I, I had to pull an MJ. I had a glove on when I was putting because my hands were that cold. So I, I did have to keep the glove on while putting. But but the fall golf is finally here, and I literally, I love it. It's the best time to golf. It's a superior just, time. Uh, you know, just put a little quarter zip on. Exactly. Take a couple extra warm-up swings. Yeah, absolutely. So, Judd, you've been hitting 400 all season. Yep. Um, your average came down a little bit here. You said Harrison Smith. Oh, my God. This is such a bad beat. You said Harrison Smith will intercept a Russell Wilson pass oh. against the Seahawks. Pat so P. He, and I. Pat P. and I wanted That's it. why I was doing he, it. He was not credited with that interception. Yeah, Pat. I didn't realize why Pat being like, you don't want the interception. It's fourth down. He's like, no, I, my guy Judd. Judd, write that down. Made right. this Pat P. Right. Pat P. said. He got screwed. You said the Lynx would win the WNBA title. They did not. Who's to show what drinking the Kool-Aid does? Yep. And then I need a ruling on this one. Yeah. You said within, you actually made this prediction twice, exactly twice, <laughs> uh, within like a one-month span. So we're going to just, we're going to take one of them off the board. I'm getting older. Yes, but you said within the next two years, there will be a credible report or story that the Wolves' new ownership group is seeking a new arena. Mm-hmm. So seeking a new arena is the phrasing here. Mm-hmm. Mark Laurie flat out said he brought up the idea of a new arena at this press conference. You know, hey, augmented reality and new technology. Like it would be nice to have this at some point. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't. I think that was just an idea that was floated. I don't think it's official that they're seeking a new arena yeah. yet. So this stays on the board. But I just want to bring to it up. It's up to you guys. I, I would say it stays on the board because I mean, you could just yeah. Lauren Arod are allowed to say that. But and if Judd was specific that they would mention that at a press conference and that would have come up. But this is like when a credible reporter story, I need either like a, a an NBA insider or even like a government 
story being or, uh, some type of report being like we are literally going to the legislator and we're seeking approval and seeking funding for a seat. I think that's yeah. where it would come off. Right. Like like if Laurie now if the next step within two years is, is that he's quoted in a uh, story saying that then it comes off like last night I had a hankering for tater tots. Right. And so it's one thing if I tell my wife, hey, I'm kind of feeling tater tots and it's a conversation. But if I actually open up like you know, the DoorDash app and yeah. start searching for tater tots. Yes. Then it crosses a new line. And, and I used the word seeking and I don't, I don't think what they said or what Lori said reaches seeking. Okay. Not yet. At least he's pontificating. So it, well, he's he, and seeking. he was asked and, and gave a fair answer, but I think we will get a story here eventually that they are actually seeking the arena. Okay. So we'll leave that one on the board. Okay. All right. Kind of a bloodbath for old Macadac here. Uh, I said the Gophers. This is how this. I love didn't how you happen. call yourself Macadac when things don't go well. <laughs> Every <laughs> week it's the same thing. Old Macadac, it's like bad. you didn't make the predictions. Like that damn Macadac. Where'd he go? <laughs> this is really bad. I, I think I have a. I think if you include these first four incorrect that came off the board, I think I had like ten straight incorrect predictions or something. Uh, the Gophers will run for two hundred yards or uh, and four rushing yeah, touchdowns bowling. against Bowling Green. Whoops. Whoops. They should have. Oh, why they didn't? Uh, the Gophers will start at least six and one in their first seven games. The White Sox will miss the playoffs, and Tony Larusa will step down or be fired within one month of the season ending. They might win the World Series. They might. Well, they're not the favorites, but they might. Uh, another one. This is kind of inexplicable. This I was shocked by this. Were, this is why you were asking me if Arod was brought up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, I wondered why yes. you or, yeah. or if KG was brought up. I yeah. wondered why you asked that. Okay. I said Kevin Garnett will be brought up at Alex Rodriguez's press conference, and A Rod will leave the door open for KG to rejoin the organization in some form. It was not asked. And there were no articles written, like in side scrums or anything. So you're telling me nobody asked about Kevin Garnett? Nobody? I guess there's so many other things to ask about right yeah, now. Yeah, they are so such like, a dumpster fire right now. It's kind of amazing. Uh, however, I did say at A-Rod's introductory press conference, he will say he plans to keep the Wolves in Minnesota. All right. He raved about how bullish they are on Min- Minneapolis and Minnesota. And if you can't take A-Rod at his word, who can you trust? Heard that. All right, the listeners. Let's see. Craig said, on Write That Down on oh. September 8th or 15th, right. Judd will make a checkdown Vikings prediction of some kind. So I went through the Purple Daily predictions mm-hmm. on real. We have write that down on Purple Daily. Uh and I've got I've got all of your uh, your Mackie and Judd write that down predictions from those two weeks and none of them I think stoop to the level of checkdowns. Check down. They're all very legitimate right. predictions. So uh Gibby had a three item Alex Kirloff parlay. He said Kirloff will have a higher OPS than Eddie Rosario, which he does. He said uh, the Twins will win the season series against Cleveland. They did. However, the third item of this parlay oh, was that maybe. Kirloff would have a higher OPS in head-to-head games, and uh, Rosario had a higher OPS in games against Minnesota than Kirloff did in games against Cleveland by 100 points or something. So, maybe. Oof. That's the, that's the danger of a three-item parlay here. Yeah, that, that that's taken up. it a long ways, too. Head to head. All right. Brad made this prediction like a year ago, a Bundesliga soccer prediction. He said Hamburg SV, Hamburger SV. I'm 
who was in Bundesliga 2 last year, they would return to Bundesliga 1 by the start of the 2021 season. They finished fourth in Bundesliga 2, which I don't think was enough. They're still in Bundesliga 2 this year. I'm so, I'm so glad those predictions are gone. That was the most <laughs> difficult time in my write that down logging. Sp- I think you spelled these all right, though. That is shocking. That is shocking. That's more surprising than anything, but still. Bundesliga. God. Yeah. Probably a lot of copy and pasting. All right, Declan, you, uh, speaking of three-item parlays here, Declan knocked one out of the park last week. He predicted the three primetime games would result in a Panthers, Packers, and Cowboys win all nice. together. <laughs> Circle the bases. Nice job, Dex. Thanks, pal. Nice. That was close, though, the Packers. Yeah, it was they close, needed man. 37 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then pop the champagne, baby. You said the Twins would get to at least 70 oh. wins this season. Yeah. And they did. They have exactly 70 wins. Hey, I think they, was it last night, was their 70th win? I was there, yeah. Something like that. There was no one there for the first two. It was the smallest crowd I've ever seen at that stadium. Smallest crowd. For, you mean they didn't come out for the Tigers? No, they did. it did fill in actually like towards the third and fourth inning. It actually did fill up a, a little bit. But I, I I swear to God there was less than like 1,500 to 1,000 people at the first inning. There was nobody no, I, at that ballpark. Good. Honestly, <laughs> I am still so disgusted with this team. Everyone's all celebrating. Miguel Sano hit his 30th home run. Look how great he is. Where was that guy for the first seven weeks of the season when they were melting down? Amen. Like, oh, Miguel Sano hit some meaningless home runs in August. By the way, he still is worth like a half win above replacement, according to Fangraph. So, yeah, makes hey, if this boosts his trade value, then. Yeah, awesome. makes him tradable. All right, Declan, you said Marco Rossi will register a point in this preseason opener. What a huge disappointment. Uh, he did not. Preseason opener didn't go well. No. Was six Jordan or something? Yeah, we weren't happy. No. Jordan Greenway didn't pull his weight in that one. Well, it's tough Shocking. when you lose the, the leadership structure of your of your room like they did. Yeah. Uh, Ian Poulter will have more individual Ryder Cup points than Finau, Scheffler, and Berger. No faith in Tony Finau. Yeah. Scotty Scheffler took down John Rahm. Yeah, man. The best player in the world on Sunday. Yeah. You said Felino, which you were right about, and Erickson Hack uh, will be named the next alternate captains. It was Dumba that was the other uh, captain. Yeah. And you said Dumba will be traded. I think now that they've made him an alternate yeah, captain, no, he's, he's probably not going to be traded. Mm-hmm. And then you said uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka will be featured in a pairing at the PGA in a PGA tournament or Ryder yeah. Cup event this year. Both are now finished. They did not. They didn't hug it out, though. They hugged it they out did. on Sunday. They, did. yep. they didn't hug it out. Yep. So with that, Judd's still over 400. He's leading the league, 404, six home runs. Declan at 364 with four home runs. Oh, boy. I'm at 323 with two home runs. Listeners, 282 with six home runs. And career-wise, Judd's still with 182 hits. Listeners have 15 home runs, which leads all time. All right, let's get our guy in here. Dylan is our guest listener predictor on Write That Down. Dylan, what's going on, man? Are you ready to take some hacks today? I'm ready. I'm going to keep going on the home runs here. Got a boy. Good, man. So you're swinging for the fences. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get it. So Dylan's going to start. Judd, Declan, back to old Macadac, and uh, we'll do it three times. Dylan, why don't you lead us off here? Okay, well, you know, this, I've been a kind of an anti-Kirk Cousins guy for a few years now. Wow, uh, but, no faith. I mean, this year it just kind of seems different, doesn't it? With with cousins yeah. and the leadership and so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chug this purple Kool Aid here. I'm gonna say uh, write this down. 
Kirk Cousins will finish the 2021 regular season in the top five for passing yards and completion percentage. Okay. Wow. I love it. Yeah, completion percentage seems pretty ironclad. And then the yardage will just kind of depend on does he play, do they call enough passes, does he play all 17 right. games? I just I think, think that with the defense, I think he's going to have to pass more. So Yeah. yeah. Well, they should. They, they should throw the ball. They're good yes. at throwing the ball. <laughs> I don't know. Right he's proven it. MVP yeah. candidate. That's all i got to say. Nope. I agree. He is right now. Uh, Judd, your first prediction. Alex Rodriguez will be out of the Timberwolves ownership group by the beginning of the 2024-25 season or sooner. <laughs> okay. So why, he is, why do you, why do you off the record why do you think he'll be gone from the group? You know because things like this um, often fracture a bit and guys are in or out and I just I have a feeling Mark Larry's a smart dude and I think I and he might be friends with A Rod and he might like the fact that he's brings a name to it, but I think the lack of credibility and it's so hard to take him seriously. And he also seems like a restless soul to me. Like he does, you know, he's doing uh Sunday night baseball. Now he's in on the wolves. And my guess is that, that he'll find <laughs> something else to occupy his time. So my guess is he's out by okay. the beginning okay. of two, uh, 2024, 25 decks or sooner. Thank you. I don't know if his investment will appreciate enough over that short time period for him to to get out. I've seen guys just get bought out, though. You just buy him out. Tell him to go It'll away. Be a falling out or something. Write that down. Yep. All right, Declan. Uh, I'll make a gopher prediction to start here. I'll roll the bleeping boat. Uh, Tanner Morgan will set a season high for passing yards against Purdue. So he has to pass for over 205 yards, but oh Tanner Morgan will pass for a season high for passing yards against Purdue. So I have to be got a prediction that's going to contradict that a bit. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> we love in Minnesota. We love when celebrities, like when Chris Humphreys was dating Kim Kardashian, and they both show up to like oh a Twins game or something. Right. Oh my God, is, is Kim Kardashian now? Uh, I know where he's gone. So write this down. Alex Rodriguez, sometime during the upcoming 2021-2022 Timberwolves season, mm-hmm. he will he will bring as well. I don't know how to phrase this. Okay, I'll just phrase it this way: He will bring a notable female public figure to a Timberwolves game, and we can debate notable okay. public figure. Okay. All right, yeah. We, if we have to have that debate, we can't. But he will bring a notable. So he just broke up with well. Well, J-Lo just broke up with yeah, him make sure we get a few the, months back. Those ones right. I think he was he was accused of getting a little friendly in the Instagram DMs with yeah. uh, some women. But Come on, dude. Notab- a notable public figure of some kind. Because okay. he used a, to a date woman. Cameron Diaz years ago, right? Cam Diaz. Madonna. Did Wasn't he? he, like, dating Madonna, too, at one point? And Seiko was way back when, oh, but I don't remember. God. I think you're right. I think he might have been. I mean, yeah. I'm team Ben Affleck on that one, so good for J-Lo. But, yeah, just... <laughs> Making that very, very I love how Affleck just swoops right in. Just yeah. a week later, they're just on a yacht together. Yep. Write it down. You like writing things down. Got to swoop, dude. Walking around Boston. Um, all right, back to Dylan, your second prediction. All right, my second prediction. Uh, I got a good feeling about this Browns game, so I'm just going to wish it to existence. Um, write this down. Justin Jefferson will catch two or more touchdowns and will have over 100 yards receiving, and they will win the game by at least a touchdown. Wow. Okay. That's a home run. Yep. Yeah. I think if Freedom that happens, 
Dude, if they win this game, it's it's kind of on. If they, they were, lose, they were, then they, they were targeting him a lot last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's dropped a couple passes too. Write it yes, down. You like writing things down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he dropped one on Sunday, and I think he dropped he dropped another one on Sunday, but it was behind him, so I didn't really fault him for that one. Trade him. <laughs> All right, Judd, you're up. Mike Sanford Jr. will be out as the Gophers' <laughs> offensive play caller either during the season or after it. Wow. So this will be the second mid-season coordinator change then. Yeah, and that might not happen during, but I'm I'm also going to leave the door open for either during the season or after it. Okay. But he will not be the play call play caller in 2022. Uh, and and he is right now the co-offensive coordinator. So if he's stripped of play calling, this should count. Okay. So you're saying if he stays on the staff, but yep, no I didn't say fu- yeah. Because I'm not saying fired. I'm saying out as the Gophers' offensive play caller. Okay. You're, fired. You're fired. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. My uh, second prediction. The Vikings will hold a share of first place by next week's Write That Down. So two reasons they could be in first. Because they can only be tied for first. Because if the Packers lose and the Vikings win. Or same with the Bears. Um, the Vikings will be in first place by next week's Write That Down. By five-point differential, too. Because, like, they're obviously the records, they can't be in sole possession of first. But if the, if the tiebreaker is point differential, that's how they'd be in first. Does that, does that make sense? Am I being clear here? Okay, say it again. The Vikings will hold a share of first place by next week's write that down. So right now, they're technically a game back from being in first place because the Packers are up. So I'm yeah. saying that the Packers and the Bears will basically lose. The Vikings will win. And by next yeah. week's write that down, the Vikings will hold a share of first place. Yeah, so you're predi- it's a it's a parlay. You're predicting the Vikings are going to win, the Bears are going to lose, and the Packers are going to lose. Yeah, right. I, That's well, the only and, way it can happen, right? Yes, but uh, but on the record, it's just they will hold a share of first place by next week's. Write that down. I think that's a home run if that happens, because because you're predicting the outcome of three games. Am I, yep. Judd? Is it? It's got to be a home run. Yeah, I guess. I, um, and and so is that. So first tiebreaker is. Head to head, which they can't have yet, Dex. Correct. So is the is the next one point, point differential. differential? Yep. And the okay. Vikings are yeah. the only positive team, I believe, with the point differential in the NFC North. I don't think the, both the okay. Packers and Bears are negative sure. in points. Home run. Okay. That's, yep. Yeah, that's a home run for sure. I'm cool with that. Okay. Cool. I like that. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, back to me. Right. Write it right. down. You like don't writing get things hot. down? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So <sighs> the Gophers. All right. I'm going to make a roundabout Gophers prediction here. <laughs> um, so Bowling Green beat the Gophers last week. Write this down. So Bowling Green plays Kent State. The Kent State Golden Flashes this weekend. Okay, that's right. The Kent State Golden Flashes. Bowling Green will lose to Kent State by at least two touchdowns. So I'll say by at least uh, twelve points. Okay, by at least twelve points. That's right. The team that the Gophers got beat by will lose to the Kent State Golden <laughs> Flashes by 12 points or more. Write it down. That's a Mac game, right? That's a big Mac game. That's Maction. Yeah, that Mac- is Maction. That's the first. I think what it's day? the first Mac game. Uh, the 2nd of October, it says. So I guess uh, that would be Saturday. So it's a Saturday Mac. Oh, come on. If Maction ain't on a Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, it ain't Maction. <laughs> If it's not on a Tuesday at 7 a.m., I'm not I watching. Don't want it. It's in action. All right, Dylan, your third and final prediction. 
Okay, so my third prediction, my last one, is going to be a WWE prediction. Love it. Yes. <laughs> um, my prediction is the Big E and the New Day will be split up again in the, uncom- in the upcoming WWE Superstar Draft. Okay. okay. When, when are they doing the draft? Friday and Monday. <laughs> also, they're yeah, like they, splitting they, it between. Yeah, them. they just like shake up the superstars and put them to the Raw and SmackDown. And last time they split up the New Day. Now that they're together again for like the last two weeks, and yeah. now they're going to split them up again because Vince hates us. So. Boy, if you guys thought the 1984 NBA draft was rigged, yeah. I can tell you, I, I got some questions about this upcoming WWE draft. I don't know that it's all on the up and up, Judd. Uh, no, no way. Really? Well, they should, they should just do an all on the up and up, you know, ping pong right. draft. Right. Where, you know, the, the best seven wrestlers all get drafted to, to SmackDown to save the Fox contract. Uh, Dylan, you made some great predictions here, swinging for the fences. Since you are, uh, you know, graced with this massive Mackie and Judd platform right now, this life-changing moment for you. Is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you here? Well, yeah, I'll go with the the usual, my fiance for for dealing with the Vikings and me because of them. Um, <laughs> and then I guess my dad for getting me into football at a very young age. He was my my football coach in Pee Wee. Nice. So just just from there, it kind of grew and. Here I am, miserable. Watching the Vikings, <laughs> Thanks, so. Dad. Thanks, Thanks Dad. Dad. Love you. Love you. Thanks for all you helped me. It's poor Dylan making his predictions here. All right, Dylan, we'll get you on again sometime, man. Great work. Thank you. Dylan. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dylan. All right, great stuff there from guest, listener, predictor. Write this down. Dylan. All right, one more chip around the room here, Judd. Tanner Morgan will be benched as the Gophers quarterback this season. <laughs> Tanner Morgan. I don't know if it's going to be Saturday. Because I thought it should have been against Bowling Green, but Tanner Morgan will be benched as the Gophers quarterback this season. Okay. Screw the Gophers, man. How do you lose that game? I know. How do you lose that game? And you know what? And you know what? They're going to come back and and beat Purdue and act like the best thing we could have done was lose to Bowling Green. Look at what we've done now. It's going to be like, what are you talking about? Bowling Green. No. 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 Right. No. Yeah, well, that's another brutal golden gopher loss. <laughs> it's another Bowling Green Falcons first down. All right, Declan, your third and final prediction. All right, uh, another home run swing by me, but it will take a little bit to come off the board. Uh, on our last Talking Twins podcast with Judd and Jake, we did three bold predictions for the offseason, so I'm going to borrow mine uh, and use it and write that down. The Twins will sign Robbie Ray this offseason. Okay. The Twins will sign Robbie Ray this offseason, who might be the best pitcher on the free agent market. He's having a hell of a year this year with Toronto. He'll be 29 next season. He's going to look to cash in. But I will say the Twins will sign Robbie Ray this offseason. What do we think? So are we? Is it, would this be like a twenty plus? I have not looked at. I've I've watched basically zero baseball in three months. So, is so yeah, he, he leads the league in strikeouts and innings pitched. I'm pretty sure yeah, he's, he's having he's having a damn good year. Um, and this okay. was this was the guy you should have signed to or traded for two years ago at the 2019 trade deadline. This would have been the ideal guy to go after. Uh, but I will say th- my logic too for them signing him is either with baseball contracts being weird the last few years, he might take like you know one of those one year prove it deals again and that's where the twins swoop in uh but the twins will sign robbie ray this offseason all right write Wait, that down so young yeah he wow. he's probably gonna be a finalist for sure yeah 
might win it. All right, I'll make a Twins prediction here. Write it down. You like writing things down. I'll take a stab. So uh, Joe Ryan is scheduled to My guy. start again, right? Yep. He's gonna. Start, I think he's supposed to start the last game uh, of this yeah. Tiger series. That's correct. So write this down. I want to swing for the fences. Uh, I'd like a home run here. So the Twins will complete the sweep of the Tigers. Okay. So they will win their next two games against the Tigers. And Joe Ryan, in a start against the Tigers, will strike out. Um, wow. Is it, I guess this would be a home run. It's a parlay. Yeah, I'm saying they're going to win two games. Very specific. And, and, and Joe Ryan will strike out at least eight batters in his, what, what I would presume will be his final start of the season. Okay. So That's home run. Um, it doesn't have to be his final start. That's not on the record. But they will win two games, and Joe Ryan will strike out eight. So he has made four starts for the Twins. His strikeout totals are 5, 4, 5, and 11. So this would be the second highest strikeout total for him. Big Joe Ryan guy. I just want a home run. Chasing KC, two games back right now. Yeah, they can crawl out of the cellar. Look out, world. The hot finish here. Bury the Royals. Write it down. You like right. writing things down. So, All right, boys. There it is. Those are the write that down predictions and accountability session here. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong? Every Wednesday, Mackie and Judd. Purple Daily. Uh, check it out. All right. We had a great bonus scoop session yesterday. You guys with Doogie. Very in- intricate details. Juicy. <laughs> Downright juicy. Yes. About uh, the way that Gerson Rosas's tenure ended. And then we'll we'll do another full scoop session tomorrow with all hands on deck with Doogie. So don't miss that. Mackie and Judd. And then uh, yesterday on Purple Daily, Alex Boone was on the main episode. Uh, Purple After Dark with Realistic Randy. So Check out those daily Vikings conversations on Purple Daily. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.